welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is your Warmer 40k podcast that focuses on playing Warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. P.D. Pob, and with me I have two co-hosts who we haven't had on in a hot minute, Brandon Grant. Oh, so good to be back, Pablo. And Sky from Scardcast. Salutations, all of you who have decided to put this podcast on and listen to us yap about for about an hour. This is going to be exciting. Yes, and this is actually going to be a very, very good episode. We're going to be talking about something that's requested regularly on everything 40k, whether you're in the Daka Daka forums, on YouTube comment sections, on Facebook, talking to your buddies in your garage, um, all socially distanced, um, and that's tier lists. Now, I we don't have a definitive tier list for you. I think that inherently all power rankings and tier lists uh, are are they're opinion based um i don't think any of them are very definitive even when you have stats involved you know ultimately what matters is the lists that win or what's currently winning and there's no tournaments going on right now so no, it, that's largely irrelevant however what's really cool with this tier list that we're going to talk about is that it's actually something that the community voted on too so over a thousand people voted on what factions they thought were good and not good and we we have sort of a, a tier list uh, put out there of what the community thinks and although this isn't obviously the entire warm before gate community i think it's really cool to look at a snapshot of what people are thinking because it does help you define what the meta is and what people are going to run right it's even if a faction is not or no longer considered s tier people oftentimes will think about this faction as being good because it was s tier right so i'm pretty sure there's some like backwater 40k players who don't know what tabletop simulator is and still think it's eighth edition who think the knight castellan is the worst model that 40k has ever created or the gw has ever created Right, there's probably still people who think Grey Knights are are broken with their Psy rifle dreadnoughts and stuff. Uh, and I know this because in the secondhand shop, I still use buzzwords and they still sell. Right, so I will I will still type like Sifelman dreadnought Grey Knights in eBay, and then someone will buy it up immediately. Whereas if I put like Twin Autocan dreadnought, no one it, it doesn't sell as fast. Right, so we're kind of ingrained as a society to know or gravitate towards what's good or what isn't good even if you're not competitive and i see this all the time not just in 40k uh, in magic and chess and other competitions right because of that that's why i wanted to talk about this tier list also we get to talk a little bit about what factions are good and what aren't good i've got two amazing 40k players right here with me uh, so we're going to decide if the community was right or wrong on the placement of each of these factions it's going to be a lot of fun before we get to that this episode is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, your one-stop shop for all tabletop goodies. This week, we're going to have a second-hand shop spring cleaning sale. Uh, it's something I've been preparing for. Uh, I, the second-hand shop is my Frontline Gaming baby. I grew up playing Warmer 40k competitively. Not grew up. Uh, I started playing Warmer 40k competitively with eBay kind of uh, bookmarked and saved. I had multiple sa saved searches, and I always tried to find the right deal on eBay uh, because I didn't have a lot of money. And so that's how I kind of got into Warmer 40k. Um, that was my my big uh, way to get into 
the game and buy the models that I wanted to. Um, I did that so well that uh, my Ultramarines army was nicknamed the Blue Rainbow because of the different shades of blue from the Ultramarines lots that I bought on eBay. So I would literally buy, you know, tactical marines and rhinos and stuff. And all of them were listed as ultramarines and were blue enough. But when you put them all together, you could clearly tell they were all different shades of blue. So that's why you got the blue rainbow. Uh, Sadly, the blue rainbow is largely gone. I have uh, since moved on to the gray rainbow, which is mostly because I don't paint my models. And then my Necrons, who are actually getting painted, which is pretty cool. But that's not the point. The point I wanted to make is... I wanted to have this sale for spring cleaning because I know there are people out there who have a hard time buying warmer 40k models that, you know, they're going through rough times. And so I priced everything aggressively. There's going to be amazing deals in there. There's some models that I'm bringing down there to $1 per model. Um, They're going to sell really fast. And this is all going to happen Wednesday on the 3rd, uh, March 3rd. And it's going to go on until uh, for a week. So March 3rd, I believe, is Wednesday, right? Today's Monday. Yep. March 3rd, Wednesday at noon is when it's going to start. Or I guess 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, noon Central Time, is when it's going to happen. And then it's going to end on the 10th. So for one week on the same Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, there's going to be a lot of really great deals in there. Everything's going to be a flat 15% off. And I know I'm not. I'm talking a lot about this, but I'm really excited because there's some really cool stuff in there that I'm listing um, that I'm specifically trying to sell to you all so that you all can get amazing deals and feed your plastic crack addiction. That was a fantastic story. And I'm going to say it's packed here at best. Packed here. (laughs) So good segue, Skari, into our main topic. So we're going to jump right into this. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar, on Competitive 40K in the Facebook group, uh, Inns Wilson, by the way, great shout out to him. Check him out at twitter.com slash Inns A. Wilson, I-N-N-E-S-A Wilson. He, he's uh, He's been on a couple podcasts. He's a big part of the community. Um, he's definitely been around, goes to tournaments, uh, does really well. So he decided to put out a feeler for voting for a community tier list, essentially. Uh, and he got 1,280 responses. And he used the Best in Faction podcast tier list. By the way, check them out. BiffPod is amazing. Colin's a great guy. Mitch is a great guy. Uh, but they put out a tier list every month. And it's not your normal S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier. Uh, they use kind of a, a more general tier list. Uh, and that's the ins, that's the tier list um, format that INS decided to use here. So Basically, uh, it's S tier, which is uh, armies that have a reasonable game, regardless of who goes first. Mission mashup. These are armies that you should always be confident, no matter who you're playing against or what the circumstances are. You should always be confident they're going to do well. Or uh, vice is... versa, expect to see plenty of them at events. Yes, that is specifically the next uh, thing. Is S tier are going to be the armies that you're going to see the most? Last year it was Space Marines. Um, Space Marines were S tier for a very, very long time. Um, this year, we'll see if they are S tier or not. However, S tier is generally the best of the best. Uh, these are the hot favorites to win tournaments. Then there's Pack Plus. So there's three pack tiers that I want to explain. Uh, what a pack is, essentially, it's the rest of the pack, right? So if you take the pack as the median, the average that's what pack is, right? It's the, the, the pack, the majority, the top of the bell curve. So pack um, is 50% win rate. Exactly. Pack is 50% win rate. What you should expect to see in general. 
And from there, they have pack, pack plus, and pack minus. Pack plus armies are median, left of the bell curve, kind of top of the pack, but not quite breaking away cream of the crop S tier. Pack minus is the opposite of that. They're armies that are behind the pack, they're falling behind the pack, and they they need a little help. They need a little either experience or or they're one supplement away from being pack or pack plus. Uh, and then finally, there is F tier. F tier is the exact opposite of S tier. Uh, they're missing the basic fundamental things required to be competitive. Generally, they're happy if they go three and three. Most people would want to avoid these armies. And that is it. So this S tier. Yeah, the way I'd summarize it is F tier is you have no or maybe one good entry in your codex. Whereas pack minus, at least you probably have like three or five entries that are still competitive-ish. Yeah, and I would expect a pack minus player, a competitive player, a really good pack minus player to be a pack plus list most of the time, right? So like like if Brandon Grant showed up and brought Astro Militarum, I wouldn't expect him to win something with a pack minus Astro Militarum list. Um, not saying that Astro well, Militarum are, are not pack minus. That's exactly minus. what just... happened, Pablo. This last SoCal <laughs> Open, um, I went four and one. And yep. or was it five and one? You went five and one. Yeah, you five and one. The first but I, game. I brought pure Astro Militarum, and at the time they were definitely a pack minus army. Mm-hmm. And the Space Marines and a Space Marine meta, uh, and you actually lost to um, White Scars, I believe. Um, yeah, so White Scars Iron Hand uh, Soup. Was it Ruben? It was Ruben. Yeah, Ruben. Yeah, it was Ruben Fernandez from um, uh, Florida Brohammer. But anyways, a pack minus list is not is not generally a list that. Uh, basically that um is not a list that you, you would never see win it's just it would be something hard to do hard to do work. yeah to, that and yeah, we're, to put a lot we're beating a dead horse here. i'll put it this way yeah. when i went to socal there were a lot of competitive players like what are you doing and i'm like well i'm exactly. here to have fun and this is the army i want to play and and then the branding rent went five and one <laughs> with anyways so in conclusion you have s tier pack plus pack pack minus and f tier so five tiers that every faction can be put into, uh, and then also in is decided to break down Space Marines, which I think is probably the best idea, uh, considering at this point Space Marines, uh, uh, different chapters are basically their own faction. Uh, and then he also took out Chaos Soup, Eldari Soup, Imperial Soup, um, and uh, I don't know if he included Tyranid Soup in this. He did not. I don't see Tyranid Soup in here. So uh, Chaos Soup... Eldar, Eldari soup, Imperial soup, which I think are the three big soups, anyways. Uh, and the, I, I agree with that. I but think those considering all play how Tyranid soup is, mm-hmm. generally you're better off just taking a pure army. Yes, um, I also would have maybe put Space Marine soup in there. Uh, that is something that you see as well, although it is a lot more rare than it was the. It's not kind as of common the, as it used to be. Yeah, as it was like a year ago. Um, so, all right. First off, let's actually start with the F tier. You armies. Um, it's the smaller option, and then we'll work our way up from there uh, to the S tier. Um, so for the F tier armies, there are only two, uh, which I was actually kind of surprised by. Um, I am also surprised. I think more armies would fit in this category. I, I actually think so too. I, I would actually put a couple. When I took this tier list, I actually had five armies in my F tier, but it kind of didn't count because two of the armies were basically one army, and so uh, the two armies were Gene Stealer Colts and Tau Empire in the F tier. Uh, I wasn't surprised by these two armies being in F tier. Um, starting with Gene Stealer Colts, 
I feel like Gene Sear cults uh, have gotten a bad rep since the the edition began. Uh, and they obviously they got those huge nerfs in the summer of 2020 um, that were clearly, clearly uh, kind of leftovers from when Gene Sear cults were good uh, back like the Muscle Beach lists and Keller morphs and uh, acolyte spams and whatnot. Uh, and then on top of that, the edition didn't help them at all with the bolter rule, uh, not the bolter rule, the um, blast rule. Uh, moving to you know more horde looking metas uh which actually didn't turn out to be the case turn out not to be the horde meta however nope. gene circles did look dead on arrival when the edition began and because there's no tournaments no one i feel like no one really gave them a shot so gene circles brandon scary what do you think about gene circles being an f tier i think the community got it right i'm just going to come out and say it um i think gene circles are living up the um the sins of eighth edition where they had way too many beach muscle lists going around beating everybody to a pulp and uh gw did their overreaction and it's uh, kind of like trailed into this edition i'm not gonna miss muscle beach but i think he hit the nail on the head <laughs> horde lists are not good, good. riddance says brandon Grind. he's like yeah get him out of here <laughs> no it was you pretty much just have one data sheet and that's your army that doesn't yeah. that's not a good army i mean if you wanted to play that army, great. But if it's your own only option, it gets really repetitive. So the problem, as you said, Pablo, is horde lists are not viable right now because the regular Space Marine model is so much better points per model at killing hordes than hordes are at killing marines that hordes are basically only good for existing on objectives and performing actions or absorbing damage. They don't deal damage anymore. And Gene Steeler Cult relies on dealing damage with paper thin models that die to overwatch so yeah um not really happy about gene stealer cults on that front in addition ninth made tables smaller and gene stealer cult is like we can make the tables as big as you want that's mm-hmm. fine and yep and everyone can reserve now uh, and come off and outflank and do weird kind of little tricky yeah, so all the stuff that made gene stealer cults unique they're not unique anymore yes yeah, and and yeah. so I I agree one hundred percent with both of you. I think the community got Gene Star Colts correct. Uh, one hundred percent they belong in F tier. I also would like to further add to this: they're going to be F tier for a long time. Not only are they F tier, but the community dubbed them, christened them F tier upon arrival with a, a you know a nerf bat, whatever well, you use to knight an army into F tier. There's been significant codex creep. Like you look at the strat oh, yeah. for them to basically automatically make a charge from reserve. But if I play a space Marine army with the right strats, it's pretty much the same, except I spend less CP because if I have characters and buffs, I literally cannot fail a charge at nine inches. Cause it's like plus four inches and rerollable on 3d six. It's like a one in 10,000 chance to fail. That's not going to happen. So if you're going to hand out very reliable charges from reserves to more than just Gene Stealer Colts, Gene Stealer Colts have to have something else to make them good, and they don't. Yep, I agree. Now, I will say that if in the future Gene Stealer Colts get a buff for whatever reason, either Supplement or Codex or other armies that beat them kind of fall off by the wayside, um, they they are a sleeper pack minus faction. So if you're a Gene Stealer Colt player, just remember that years from now there's still going to be people who think your faction is awful and you're going to be able to surprise them i hope so 
So that's the silver lining there. But yes, F tier. James Taylor sure. Colts has the potential to be such a crafty army. It just needs oh, to yeah. be. It rewards changed. someone who loves playing janky stuff. Right, like oh, yeah. if you if you enjoy just messing with your opponent's head, but you have the mindset to do it, then it's not F tier for you. But in terms of F tier, it's like if you're thinking of the generalized pack, right, which is like the core of all the people playing the game. GC Cult does not allow you to a make mistakes and b every matchup is a bad matchup almost, which means that you literally have to use every trick in the book to make something happen. And it's a lot of brain power, and it's very tiring. And it's over, you know, five rounds or six rounds. Like the likelihood of something going wrong just gets exponentially worse as your opponent's skill gets better and better. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and move on to Tau now, uh, being the only other army in the F tier. Now, Tau are relatively new to the F tier. Obviously, they were doing really well in 8th edition. Uh, you have Richard Siegler, Brian Poland doing really well with Tau. This comes down to one thing. Wh- what is the one thing, Brandon? 20-point shield drones. So, go. <laughs> I, agree, I agree with you. Um, the Here's the thing, right? So, I agree with you 100%, Brandon. The problem with Tau in 8th edition wasn't that they were broken it was that the shield drones and children mechanics were something that they relied on entirely as a faction so they were never actually pack pack plus or wherever they were in eighth edition or when they were when they were not f tier shield drones were like s tier pack it's a combination no it was a combination of shield drones the fact that we had six turns not five turns so you had a whole other, like, you know, mathematically speaking, like the Tau army would table you in five turns and then have six turns to, like, get all the points they needed, right? Now there's not only have their drones gone up, which is one of the main crutches, but the whole way to play the game has changed, which doesn't really suit their faction very well in terms of holding objectives and defending objectives with, like, OPSEC stuff normally. Um, they can still shoot stuff, but there's a much larger percentage of like line of sight blocking and minuses to hit and stuff that you know tau don't like right so it does become harder to play that faction right now i agree now i wouldn't actually place them in f tier and i think they're not f tier because of a change that most people are missing which is the faq to the Montka ability because no one's paying attention to tau uh, Montka is worded as your tau models count as stationary even if they moved or advanced this turn so they always count as stationary it's just any you any model that started within six inches of when you decided to declare your your special rule correct counts as remaining stationary for, and it's like, been faq to override any movement restriction including falling back from combat which is super strong yes that's really really good. and i think that's being overlooked by the majority of the community which is why they put them in the dumpster fire of f tier but the ability to have all the shield drones that you do take, I mean, you're going to have half as many, but that's fine. Um, absorb the first swing of Thunder Hammers and Power Fists and um, not die. And then just scooch back a little bit and completely obliterate everything that charged you. And some stuff that didn't because you have uh, smart missiles that ignore line of sight. That's really good. It basically allows you to survive one melee and still shoot, which is really strong for a shooting army like Tau. And if you're taking someone like Shadow Sun, you can still Kaya on one time. So I, I would at least put them in pack minus, if not pack, for people who know what they're doing. I don't expect them to be winning events, because 
you still need to build a list that can cover all the objectives with Tau, and it's really hard to push people away when you don't have melee threats. Um, but you know what? They've got enough line of sight blocking or line of sight blocking, ignoring shooting that I still think they're a reasonable pack minus or pack. I think it also comes to like list design. Like, and you know what? I I do think they're like F tier mainly because people who would play them very competitively have sort of put them to the wayside. So we've only seen them like struggle in the meta, considering there's also not a lot of tournaments to practice in. However, you are right, and it also comes to list design. You know, one of the biggest things that I see when people have transitioned from eighth to ninth is the scoring mentality and like building a list that is designed for ninth. And a lot of Tau players, I would assume, or the ones I've seen at least, are still kind of like struggling with that eighth edition list design, like a bunch of riptides and like you know what I mean. And they're not, they haven't really found that combination of units that clicks well and i know there's like a few people out there like manny manny chima for example or um or richard siegler or you know some of the some of the like better known tau players that have like cool concepts and ideas that help you play the game better and by doing that yes i could see it sort of moving up in in that pack for sure so uh, i i agree with the community um i think that tower still f tier um and i the only reason I say this is because I don't think Tau have the tools to be able to deal with the the durable elite armies that you're going to start seeing, like the Dark Angels, Deathwing lists, the Death Guard lists with their crazy minus one damage, um, a Necrons uh, being able to not only be durable, but also get to Tau anywhere on the board um, with specific strats. It's just, I, I, I like Tau in another edition, and I think that I think that they definitely could be pack minus, um, but I, I don't know. I, I my first instinct is, yeah, they they probably are maybe out of F tier if this were if there were other factions, but I don't see them beating you know a lot of the really durable elite style lists that you're seeing come out of you know list building right now. So I don't know. I think they're F tier in the current meta, but have the potential to be pack minus. So that's just my opinion. But uh, that's it. That's all for our F-tier armies. Let's go ahead and move to pack minus armies. Um, and I think we're going to have the most dissension here in pack mi minus. I was looking at it. I feel like only one faction belongs here. The other four don't. So there's five factions in total. We're going to start with Astra Militarum. Um, and I'm going to defer to Brandon here and just say that I agree with Astra Militarum's placement. And that's it. That's all I'm going to add to that because we have Got an Astro Militarum player here on the podcast. I would say normally they would be pack minus currently, except that Forge World effed up and made uh, Death Corps of Krieg Riders three wounds for 12 Amazing. points. So <laughs> well, currently all of the competitive players are looking to convert Age of Sigmar cavalry into Death Corps of Krieg themed cavalry riders because you can just take 70 of them. And it's not even like half your army. So that puts them firmly in the pack if you're doing the stupid cav thing. But I don't think that's going to stick around. So I agree. Pack minus is where they'll stay once cavalry gets fixed. Oh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that at and all. I'll um, say that the problem with guard is some of the same problem that Gene Steeler cults have. They're a horde army that doesn't do well into space marines with their infantry anymore doesn't like their stuff being tagged, didn't appreciate the tables being smaller, liked it when there were six turns instead of five, 
doesn't have really good melee threats, and struggles to have resilience in the face of AP4 firepower for their vehicles with no invulnerable saves. I will say, though, even though I also agree that they are definitely in that pack minus um, pack, I think that they are an integral part to make a good soup Imperium list, however, that can be higher up in the tier oh, yeah. list. You can soup in a couple mana cores into any list, and it's yeah. not bad. Sisters or Custodes, or, and I feel like they do have a lot of really cool tools to make a good list, as long as you can supplement their weaknesses with a different codex. Uh, yep, I agree. All right, now moving on to the second faction, Thousand Sons. So Thousand Sons, uh, pack minus. Um, I'm no. just going to say this right now. I disagree with this. Magnus is Thousand Sons. Um, Magnus is that Rubric Marine well, Terminator. I, I agree with this. I think you're thinking mixed Zinch. Yeah, if you is, go pure Thousand Sons, forget it. If you go pure Thousand Sons, it's not like it's well, not the it's good. It's okay, but it's definitely not demons and Thousand Sons. Which aren't is thou- like, aren't like Zangors and and they are and all, all those Thousand Sons. Ye, not screamers, the... but you're you're looking at if you have if you want the chicken that doesn't die and Magnus and like horrors like that's the stuff that makes Thousand Sons like supplements Thousand Sons really well. Yes, or Death Guard, or you know what I mean, or or Emperor's Children. The Thousand Sons by themselves, just no. as a solo army, is like not good right now. So I'll agree. Opinion. They belong in Pack Minus if they're a purity faction. Uh, I I'm actually going to switch my statement as well. Um, because that was a really great point. See, I think what, what I think what we get into this mentality of uh, me specifically, and maybe as a community, everyone else, I'm not sure, but me specifically is that I see, I, I see like thousand suns plus, and all I see is like uh, an unkillable pink horror blob and Magnus and a Lord of Change, and I'm like, oh, that's all Zinch, that's thousand suns. Nope. But no, you're correct, Scary. That's that's actually thousand suns plus. That's technically Chaos Soup, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um yeah I agree as a as a codex uh you know I think that I think that pack minus feels still a little low but um you know how about pack we minus give you with a pack, pack minus plus pack, pack minus <laughs> with a pack ceiling feels right just just because they're they're terminators and they're psychic powers and they have I think Armon is one of the best infantry psychers in the game gets access to a lot of really good stuff um they they just they're just they feel really strong they feel like a pack minus list with like pack plus units like multiple pack plus units so that's how i feel about it but cool uh and then you both agree as well yeah well i will say that if anybody zinch could make that change mm, uh, craft world eldar the next faction <laughs> pack minus. totally belong in pack minus they are an army that used to be reasonable that's fallen by the wayside due to a lack of synergy and if you take them as a pure army you're missing out on harlequins and everyone seems to be focusing on them so why would you ever take pure craft as an eldari player i would agree i have seen players who dedicate themselves to craft world eldar and that basically play them to the exclusion of all else find some really wacky combos and play them really well against some of the top tier armies but it's not for the faint of heart you need to like yeah it's 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 not easy at all they're definitely in a pack minus generally right now yeah i agree i think the i think the craft world eldar i feel like they're they have too many units and too much good things going for them to ever be f tier 
Um, you know, they just they have they always have really good psychic powers. They've got a ton of options. They've got mobility, usually have really good damage. They have random durability, good vehicles. They they just they always have something going for them as a faction every edition. But uh, this is probably the weakest they've been in a long time. Um, I don't think that they're F tier at all. I think they have way too much stuff going for them to ever be F tier. So, but pack minus feels about right. The next two though really intrigue me because yes. I'm wondering why they aren't in the dumpster fire of F tier. I, I think I need someone <laughs> to explain to me why they belong here. So maybe so, they just bad touched someone and they were like, they're <laughs> definitely not F tier. We're talking of, of course, about Imperial Knights and Chaos Knights being in pack minus. I agree with both of you. Um, I was an Imperial Knights player for years. Uh, basically, I started playing Imperial Knights the minute 8th edition dropped. Actually, a little bit before that. Is, uh, it's been it's been a while now, so I could probably talk about this. But basically, um, I started playing Imperial Knights before 8th before edition This was released, right? So I started building and painting Imperial Knights and buying them. Uh, and they were good for so long. Even when they started falling by the wayside. Uh, and then 9th edition hit and... They, they they were already not doing great. Uh, they'd got repeat minor, minor nerfs, random things, especially Imperial Knights. And then finally, ninth hit, and I sold my Imperial Knight army, and I was like, okay, we're we're not, they're never seeing the light of day. Um, but yes, I don't think they belong in pack minus tier at all. I think they belong in F tier. I would take Jeanster Cold Swords over Tau over any knight list and right now. I don't think it's because the models themselves are bad. I, I th- still think in the right army, and a knight or two could be fine in a soup yep. list. Yeah. But as a pure army, they lack action monkeys, they lack objective holders, they lack screens. Yeah, they can't play the game. Like, they can kill stuff, and they do that well, but in terms of missions and scoring, they're just, like, you're just going to lose because you can't score points. But I have seen good armies that use them as an inclusion, like you add mecha knights or, you know, or chaos knights with black legion yeah, or whatever. That's it is totally you're fine. Be doing. But as a, as yeah. a pure list, they're in F tier for sure. Correct. Yes. They, they also have a really, really hard time killing Marines efficiently. Now that Marines all got a one wound increase. Across oh, the absolutely. Board. They really, even hard the time. Gatling cannon struggles into heavy intercessors. Yes. And Marines across the board can kill knights really well. And yeah, knights are just, I agree that an individual knight can be a really big issue, um, but you know Necrons can handle them now. Sisters handle them really well. Space Marines, Harlequins, it's just you know they don't play the missions well. So their their one saving grace before was that they could kill Space Marines, um, and against unprepared armies, they could do well. Um, but now not, that's not the case at all. I'll so. say the community got it wrong. That's right. I, you I heard did. us. You got it wrong. <laughs> I agree with the both knights need to belong in F tier. Agree with both of you and disagree with the community. All right, let's move on to pack plus. This is or just pack. Oh, I'm sorry, pack. Excuse me. And um, before we go into it, theoretically, pack should have something like sixty percent or fifty percent of the armies, right? Because yes, fifty percent of the army should be extremely close to fifty percent win rate. But I'm not seeing. Uh, it's got the most number of armies, but I'm not seeing enough. I think so. We might end up moving a few from pack plus down. We'll see. I agree. Uh, so there's 12 factions in pack and 10 factions in pack plus. Um, I actually think that's that's kind of where I want to see that. I mean, you could interchange those um, between pack and pack plus, but I feel like that shows me that the community thinks in general, you know, every all but seven factions are viable, which is really healthy. Um, and I I largely agree with this tier list. I think 
in general, if you were to take all of the picks percentage wise, I would agree more than disagree, um, which is good. I think that's a good sign of a healthy meta, um, with the exception of these seven factions that impact minus an F tier. You're generally doing okay. So 50%, which is all you can ask for. It means you have a chance. All right. First up in pack is Raven Guard. Now, I actually, I had a hard time with this one. So this one, this one and one other Space Marine faction, I had a really hard time agreeing with, um, just because I didn't know where to put them. So for Raven Guard, Raven Guard still have a lot of cool tools. They're still Space Marines. Um, they still use a lot of the immobile, hard-hitting infantry units that Space Marines are known for and still utilize them really well. Uh, snipers and eliminators do still feel really good. Um, characters are looking more and more important now more than ever, especially when you start throwing in Dark Angels and Death Guard and Demons in general into that list, into that mix as well. So uh, Raven Guard feel to me like they're the hardest to place. So I'm going to agree with Pack for now, but they could be Pack Plus or or they could be Pack Minus. I agree with them being in Pack. I think that they're definitely they ha- they 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 are an army that likes putting pressure on the opponent early on, and unlike sort of like white scars that power up late game, they have most of their power early to like mid game, and the way the game is played right now, I think that it's stronger to have more of your stuff powered up later in the game than in the middle of the game so i would agree with that i think raven guard are still a strong faction they're space marines and they've got cool stuff but definitely not like pack plus i'm thinking like a good a good raven guard player will be will be top of the pack right basically three changes shifted them just from a design perspective one tables are smaller two everyone can reserve now so their reserve shenanigans are less unique and three, the character changes plus terrain changes. Uh, it's actually, everyone has to take care of their characters now, because if they're more than a few inches away from anything else, it doesn't matter that they're not the closest unit anymore. So all of the things that made Raven Guard unique are less special now. So yeah, pack is fine. Right on. All right, let's move on to Imperial Soup. Um, th- this can mean a lot of different lists. So um it- Pack feels correct for Imperial Soup because you're just averaging general, all of the Imperium. Yes, I think some Imperial Soup lists are actually pack plus, and some are um, pack minus. But yeah, that that's what makes it so hard to place. Is Imperial Soup is how many codexes? And <laughs> if it's going to be which ones? If it's going to be a S tier Imperium army with a pack plus Imperium army, it's probably a pack plus Soup army. But if you're yes. averaging them all, sure, they're, they're pack. Yeah, I, I, agree with, I agree with Imperial Soup being pack. Also, in general, if you look at like the best Imperial Soup lists, uh, think like Sisters, Custodes. Well, actually, Sisters, Custodes um, is actually probably S-tier or pack plus. But that's mostly because of Sisters. Um, but yeah, if you look at like, in general, a lot of the Imperial Soup lists... Uh, like Admech with you know Admech with Custodes Guard and because actually it's actually mostly just Custodes plus. Um, I would put all those in pack, with the exception of the the list that won um, the Las Vegas Nopen, um, w- which is clearly like a pack plus or an S tier list. It's a really good list. So, all right. So, any any disagreements here? No. All right. Now on to uh, Iron Hands. So. I'm going to say this right off the bat. Um, I think Iron Hands don't belong in pack. Uh, I think they're in pack 
purely because they're space marines and people have decided that space marines as a faction can never be below pack they will always be competitive but iron hands are really bad they're just every other faction every other space marine faction does better than there and yeah they're they're space marines they got all the cool unique space marine buffs but space marines aren't even aren't even doing as well as they were in last edition i think you're gonna be kind of surprised well, as we you, go through i would certainly hope they're not doing oh, as well oh. as they were last edition yes you know yes, i mean please. like i think like going from s tier down to pack is where they like it's good to have a run of the mill i've played some iron hands armies right now that are crazy like you know bunch of dreadnoughts and stuff talk to Ennis about that one um however i would agree with pack i'm i'm gonna say i think pack is anything that has like mainly space marine stuff i don't think they can go lower than pack i agree actually because the space marine lineup is so huge that it's hard to have less than like five to ten good entries to pick from for whatever chapter you have so it's very difficult for space marines to be below pack especially with all the updates they've gotten I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna say that the the best Iron Hands list, the Dreadnoughts, Redemptor Dreadnoughts specifically, and the the kind of you know big cool Smash Captain dude and stuff. I feel like that's pack minus now, just because of you know what Sisters and Death Guard bring to the table and Harlequins too. Um, and you know they don't go into Necrons very well. They don't. Anyways, I personally disagree. I think Iron Hands probably, if you had to pick a Space Marine faction to go in pack minus. Um, it would be either Iron Hands or um, another faction, which we'll talk about later on this list too. Um, but it might just be the contrarian in me who wants to see Space Marine Army finally get put into Pack Minus. Um, so I could very much be very well be wrong in that regard. But uh, yeah, they're they're definitely one of the most underpowered Space Marine factions. Now here's another. Here's the almost the opposite version of that. Now we're moving on to Black Templars um, being in Pack. I disagree with this as well, but for the opposite reason. I actually think Black Templar should be pack plus. Um, they're they're really really good, and I think they're good. And I think the only reason why they're not pack or generally considered black not pack plus is because the community is probably thought of Black Templars as being the butt of the joke of every yeah player. There were probably a few people years. putting them in pack minus still. Yeah, there's probably still people putting them in F tier and pack minus. Um, I don't agree with pack, Black Templars being pack. I think that they're pack plus, um, maybe borderline pack, but like lower end of pack plus. Uh, what do you think, Scar? You're actually the only Black Templars player here. I would agree with you. I think they are. They have a lot of subtle, really good stuff for what's happening in the meta right now. They have anti-mortal wound shenanigans. They have incredible speed. Um, with something like devout push and chaplain buffs and things like that, uh, they 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 level up later in the game with uh, you know the assault doctrine, and they have a way to like hold people in close combat and stuff as well. Like they have all these really cool tricks. So yes, pack plus for sure. However, um, you can make a terrible black templars list, and I think it's just because they're based around the space marine framework that they can be in that pack plus and that the meta right now is going so skewed towards lots of mortal wounds and lots of board pressure and maneuverability and stuff like that and i think that's why they have sort of fit into that niche where they actually check off a lot of boxes making them part of that pack plus pack yep yep i agree now this space marine next next space marine faction come up buckle up there's a lot of space marines in pack um death watch uh 
so I I have no idea what happened to Death Watch. Um, I put them in Pack Plus, uh, but also I haven't seen or heard anything about Death Watch. Um, but they were supposed to be the like ninth edition boogeyman, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, maybe that was last year. Maybe that was late last year, or late eighth edition last year. But I remember distinctly Death Watch being really good. They had like a really nasty outrider list. They had a lot of weird stuff going for them. Um, so I was kind of surprised to see them in pack, but I'll, I'll admit I don't know a ton about where they stand as a faction right now as a whole. Um, what do you both think? Just from a game design perspective, Death Watch is extremely good at doing what you want them to do, but not much else. So if you really need a vehicle murdered, they've got the tool. If you need hordes or anti-marine, you can build for that. But trying to build for everything with Death Watch is harder than with other marines. And the things, again, that made them special, like the coming in from reserves, not really that special anymore. So putting them in pack as far as marine armies go, totally fine with me. Fair enough. I would agree with that. I think um, because of that, they're definitely pack. All right. Okay, cool. I'll, I agree with both of you. Um, I couldn't decide whether... I didn't know nothing about Death Watch, unfortunately. But yeah, that makes complete sense. Now, moving on to the next faction. This is a faction that I absolutely disagree with. And I think every player who plays this faction should be upset at the rest of their peers. But then, of course your orcs so you'll get over it really quickly after you know an angry wah um it's orcs in pack so i'm actually i've got one of the best orc players um in the country uh luckily here local ben jurek um really good orc player really really smart guy uh and there are other really really good orc players who play orcs who are diehard orc players uh people who've been playing orcs forever who don't switch to other armies um and they're really they have a lot of really good options um so i don't agree with orcs being pack uh, i feel like what what the community thinks about orcs is that oh they they don't they haven't gotten an update in a while they they kind of play the same list um but think about hordes it this way, are it's not pack is bad pack is you're right where you should be like you have well, some think- good tricks I think they should be pack plus. I think orcs are really good. I think like it I, depends on the orc build. I, I mean, like, you, you like could there say that are about some anything, good right? orc. Yeah, that's true. But in terms of orcs, I think you're more likely to find an orc that is in the pack than a pack plus orc. I, I'm, I disagree. So there, there's yeah, two orc I'm builds that I think that are pack plus that I think you're going to see commonly. Right, you, the mech guns spam. Which, by the way, with the new change to uh, mech guns, you can essentially pick them as a. Um, as a, a unit a unit that that's the most points in your army and then they split afterwards so if you take three units so 18 mech guns a lot of mech guns i admit um if you take 18 of those and you split them out all over the table your opponent's not going to score that it's, it's going to be because difficult. there's like one of each squad all the way in the back of your deployment zone right and they're split up they're they're not so unless unless you're being tabled kill. then you're going to get the the 15 points that's very strong yeah, and on top of that, they they have a lot of options. They have good beat stick characters. They have the the death cop does spam. They have good shooting. They can fall back to hordes if they want to. Although I think that's clearly not the best way to play them. Um, they have tough vehicles. They have uh the 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 death dreads. I think is what they're called. They have the four meltagun death dreads or whatever that can deep strike. Um, so you take like a unit of three of them and drop down. You drop like. 12 meltagun shots into something or it's just they they have a lot of really good tools um but i think their big 
question mark for me is how well can they deal with the really durable armies that get in your face like dark angels death guard necrons how how good can they deal with those um i'm still willing to put them in pack plus i think they go really well into like harlequins and sisters um but that that's why anyway so i I disagree i think orcs should be pack plus but i i've also got the the ear of like a couple really good orc players who constantly hype me up on them so we'll see about you scary no 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 good good arguments all right so we got two agrees and disagree on orcs now this next faction is was my vote for actually the worst space marine faction um and that's imperial fists so same argument on iron hands except i think they're slightly worse than iron hands what do you both think i agree they're in the same boat as iron hands i still think they belong in the pack yep a space marines like and Imperial Fist, like they did, they're not really as relevant. You know, maybe there's like some Imperial Fist player out there that's like, my friend plays old tanks, and he's like super, super happy that his uh, Imperial Fist list will just crush all the tanks in the world. <laughs> but yes, definitely. They're Marines. They're Marines. They've got rules that are really good. It's hard to build a pack minus Marine list. Exactly. And that's you're fair. right. They're designed to kill vehicles, and vehicles are already so squishy right now that it's not as relevant. All right, uh, next up in packed here is Eldari Soup. Um, not much to say here. I agree with this completely. Yeah, you. Uh, I think it should be pack plus. Anything that you put Harlequins into can be really, really good. Like you can make some really nasty combinations with. Like Dark Eldar and Harlequins, for example. I'm going to agree with Scarry here simply because with Imperium Soup, you're averaging a lot of armies that are pretty close to pack. And with Eldari, you're pretty much just, if you're souping, you're, why are you not throwing Harlequins in? I guess that's fair. Um, I, I think that Eldari Soup is probably still pack. Um, I, I think, uh, well, we'll get to Harlequins, we'll talk about Harlequins. And, um, but I, I think that in general, Eldari Soup, even with Harlequins, is probably still pack because. I don't like the synergies between Eldar now um, compared to previous editions when you could cast like Eldar psychic powers with Harlequins and stuff and take full advantage of that. Well, for example, um, does adding the Incarn to a list count as a soup list? Yes, because that's Inari. So they're so their own faction. That's why I feel like it's pack plus because you take a Harlequins army and you throw the Incarn in it. It's a soup list. Hmm. I guess that's a fair point. I'm still going to go with Eldari Soup. That's a fringe example. I, I'm, I'd call that a Harlequin's list, even though you're adding the... In- I don't know. I, I feel like adding the Incarn into a Harlequin's list brings it down. I know. That's why I'm putting it in Pack Plus, not S tier. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I'm skipping ahead. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think I think Eldari Soup is, should be Pack still, but um, I totally see your guys' reasoning there. Now, Dark Eldar. So we have a Dark Eldar player, um, a literal Archon uh, here with us. Skari, what about Dark Eldar being in pack? They are in between like pack and pack minus right now in terms Ooh, of like, I would honestly put them in pack minus. They, I thought you're being optimistic. Yeah, they they there's some really good builds and they play the missions really, really well, but they're still a super unforgiving army. That if you like play wrong, you're just like your whole army disappears in two turns if you're not careful. And the other problem I see with them is there's a few data sheets that get spammed. Because those yeah. are the viable ones, and most of the codex gets ignored at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Dark Eldar um, should definitely be in pack minus. They they have the tools to do with a lot of cool stuff. It's like a really good player can do well with Dark Eldar. 
um you know they stop vect obviously and they can do cool stuff no, but don't re- think of it this way every time i play a drukari player i'm like oh cool drukari like i should win this so i i would throw them in pack minus before i would throw in imperial fists or iron hands and that's kind of sad fair <laughs> all right uh moving on to uh the next pack list gray knights uh i think i think gray knights are clearly pack um, I don't think any of us are going to no. disagree with they them being lower than pack. Why are they one uh, wound in tactical marines or two? Yes, yeah, they're they're pack for now. They have but... cool tricks. Don't get me wrong, but um, that's what's keeping them in pack. It's not pushing them pack plus. Yes, uh, the minute they get their codex, though, I, I suspect that they will jump up to pack plus or S tier, uh, depending on you know where everything falls. But uh, Scaria, I do. I'm assuming you agree with this as well. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah, they feel pretty. They feel pretty um, set. In I mean, pack. having now, a two up in Volva melee on one unit is really cool. But again, it's they need an update. Mm-hmm. Um, this next faction um, is another faction I disagree with, uh, and that's Tyranids. So Tyranids getting put into pack. I I've so I keep hearing through the the grapevine that there is this really good Tyranids list that's like pack plus or borderline S tier. Um, and I've liked Tyranids for a while, um, since ninth edition. I'm sorry. Started. I've always thought of them as like a secret dark horse pack minus, but could be pack kind of list. Yeah, but faction launch a squad of gene stealers, Kraken gene stealers into a squad of blade guard or custodies. Why not? Mm-hmm. And uh, cry. You will do no damage. Like, the stuff that made Tyranids terrifying in 8th edition, it doesn't do the same amount of damage into marine models that have multiple wounds and, and vulnerable saves anymore. Especially the Storm Shield change. Oh, oh man, if you're relying on AP 1 or 2, that plus 1 to your armor save is huge. Now, there are some really good units that help. I mean, Hiveguard is still good. Yeah, Hiveguard, the Demacaron, and, like, you know, of course... Don't even get me started on like team-based events where I think Tyranids actually have some really good matchups. Agreed. But I also think that Tyranids and Gene Steel Cults combined are actually higher up on that pack list. Like I feel like they're all on the pack list for sure, just because the things like blips and things really help the Tyranids. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the Demacaron was going to be my argument. Also, Tyranid Warriors. Um, they have they have a lot of good little units and good little tricks. So um, I feel like I feel like. My instinct is that they're pack plus, but that's unproven. So I'm I, I'm okay with putting them in pack and agreeing with that. Yeah, it sounds like I'd put Tyranids soup in pack, Tyranids in pack minus, and Jinsuer Colts enough. All right, uh, and then finally, uh, Chaos Space Marines are pack. Um, what do you guys think about this? Because I I've been high on Chaos Space Marines for most of my 40k career, um, but I do recognize that you know they. They have Arabs and Flows. Um, what, what do you both think about Chaos Space Marines? I wish that they had an extra wound. Yeah, they're another army that's in the same tier as Grey Knights. They need an update. I, I, I agree with both of you. Um, I think, so here's a good question. Here's a good little um, exercise here. Let's assume that Grey Knights and Chaos Space Marines both will eventually get the, the treatment that Death Guard and Space Marines have gotten. They, they all get more wounds and, and a good update which do you think of those two factions will turn out better in the long run gray knights or chaos space marines? probably chaos space marines because there's a lot more riding economically on chaos space marines being successful <laughs> i'm just saying yeah, um, historically historically 
yes, I would agree with that as well. I, I think I think I agree with both of you. I think if Chaos Space Marines and Grey Knights both got the the Space Marine treatment, um, I think Chaos Space Marines would would be qualify for a borderline S tier or a yeah. definitely. A if I was going to pick Hold one on. to do perfectly and the other one to sort of half ass, it would definitely be Chaos Space Marines perfectly. Yep. Yeah. Three point five. Three point five. Everybody together now. Three point five. Three. <laughs> they just five. They have a lot of really now, good tools. They do have good tools. <laughs> More than Cape Grand. And I and will say, diversity. noise marines are a problem. Noise marines and slanesh terminators, like those things. But those things are those things are mean. That's what's mean, keeping yes. them firmly in pack. They have a few really really solid choices, but their codex as a whole needs help. Yes. All right. Uh, that is it for the pack list. So all 12 of them, that was a bit of a doozy. Uh, then we're moving on to pack plus. This, These are the ones that are going to be a little more obvious. Um, I wasn't, I, I agreed with almost all of the pack plus except for one faction. But uh, we'll start off pack plus with white scars. Is there any argument for white scars to be higher than pack plus? They have extremely reliable long distance charges with units that murder anything they touch. That's true. Does that make them S tier? Do you think they should be higher than? I think class? that's one of the qualities that's pushed a couple unit uh, the armies into S tier is exactly that ability. So if we're going to put units in S tier because they have extremely reliable ways to get units across the table and blenderize anything they touch, then they would belong in S tier. Okay, what do you think, Scary? Um, I think it just. Like they're good, they're really, really good. I'm not gonna disagree. <laughs> yeah, I I think they belong in Pack Plus. Um, I don't think they're the best. They're I don't think they're the best Space Marine faction, but they're definitely really, really good. Uh, and if the best Space Marine faction, in my opinion, isn't in S tier, um, I wouldn't put it in S tier. Um, I don't think that White Scars belong in S tier. Um, they're really, really, really good. They they play the mission really well. They can have a variety of lists, but I don't know. I th I think I agree with them. I think that pack plus is where they belong, and that's mostly because I believe in the philosophy of S tier being truly like the best of the best. So this is so there should be are, only a couple armies. There should only be like one or two factions in S tier, in my opinion. Okay, um, then in that case, white scars are exactly where they should be. Yeah, but you know, it depends on on everyone has different definitions for us here as well. And it would be the same with the next army. In yes, plus. so Blood Angels is the next pack plus army, and I actually think Blood Angels are in a better spot than White Scars. Um, they have essentially the same kind of playstyle. They have more tricks, more stratagems, access to more units. Um, they have a, a better characters. They're Sanguinary opinion. Guard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they have Sanguinary Guard. I think they really also. Ally better into more imperial factions. Yes, Blood Angels absolutely do. They have single good units with good keywords that just do their yeah. jobs. Whereas White Scars as a whole rely a little bit more on their their chapter tactic to be good uh, and vanilla Space Marine units that literally any Space Marine list can run. Yeah, so just regular old Blood Angels intercessors can still punch things to death. Yes, if actually if I think if I were to ha if I were to put a Space Marine faction in S here. I would definitely consider Blood Angels. Um, but there's one other faction, which we'll talk about, that, that could maybe meet that consideration too. But um, yeah, I, th I think I agree with them being in Pack Plus, um, but they're, they're probably like the highest tier Pack Plus faction in my eyes. And then 
moving on to the next faction is chaos demons so chaos demons in pack plus i'm actually kind of surprised think? by that really do you think they belong lower or higher i think they belong in pack Interesting. I, certain Chaos builds, I think definitely Pack Plus, like the Slanesh builds are incredible. The mixed builds with Zinch Slanesh are also really good. Um, Chaos Soup is definitely um, something that I would consider, but I think they're yeah. higher than Pack. I think they've got some, like a good Chaos Demon player will will punish you like and will play the mission well. Like They're not an easy army to play against. I would say they're better than Chaos Space Marines, but I still think that they're pretty much where they should be in terms of power level because they have good tricks. I, I guess the thing they have over Chaos Space Marines is more choices that are viable. So that definitely helps when you have four gods to pick from. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with them being in pack plus. Um, I, don't, I don't know if chaos because chaos space marines are just one inevitability away from being pack plus um i think chaos demons are are so good they're very diverse uh you know any of the gods i guess corn isn't super great but the other three gods are all really really good um and mix well together too uh i think that you know you don't need shooting as much anymore in this edition um so I i agree with them being in pack plus personally okay now this next faction, uh, I agree with one hundred percent. Necrons being in pack plus uh, makes a ton. Of I don't sense. think that they're. Yeah, I, I don't think that they they're high up in pack plus. I think they're just solidly in pack plus. Um, Scary, what do you think about Necrons being pack plus? I think right now they're definitely up there. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're they're probably one of the first ones that will drop down to pack. But mm-hmm. right now they are one of like the. Like it, you have to plan for them. They're up there. Yep, yep. Uh, I agree. Um, Necron. The one downfall I'm worried about with Necrons is they don't have access to reliable damage weapons that are above damage three. So if you look at like their oh, so damage reduction one is a re- big wrench in their their plan. Really, really bad. Right, especially con- your best higher than damage two options are Canoptic Doomstalkers and Doomsday Arcs, which are which are they're not bad units. Other codexes would love to have those units, but the the Doomstalkers are even though they have a four pendulum, they still hit on four, so you need a Cryptek to babysit them, which makes them more expensive. Uh, and then Doomsday Arcs are good, but th- they're still vehicles. They suffer from the vehicle thing. Yeah, they're especially crunchy vehicles. Yes, uh, and then the other option, which I actually really like, and it's actually the mathematically superior option, um, are Locust Heavy Destroyers with the 3d3 damage shots. Uh, th- but they're only one shot per guy, and they're they're not very durable. They're really easy to kill. So uh, they don't exactly reanimate well either. Yeah, they they don't reanimate well. So. Uh, if you all of a sudden, if the meta needs you to start killing three wound units dead immediately, Necrons are going to, I feel I have a really hard time. Although they don't have to worry about that right now. They still have to, they can still go well into Harlequins. They go well into Sisters. They go well into most Marine lists um, and then just do good, you know, against the field too. So yep. for now they're pack plus, but I agree with you, Scary, that if, if anything were to happen, they would be one of the first factions that move into pack. But they would move into pack in a very comfortable way. They're going to be comfortable yeah. for a while. Yeah, Necron players, you've been bad for so long. Don't worry. There's still, even if you go into pack, there's still a gilded pillow there waiting for you for you to lay your weary head on from carrying the beginning of ninth edition. Custodes are the next pack plus list. 
the only reason I... that they belong in pack plus is because you only want three armies in s tier custodies are so good after the updates to storm shields so from yeah, someone who so ran bulgrins for a long time annoying i know firsthand what a zero plus armor save can do and custodies yes. can get it and they can get minus one to be shot so minus so, one to be shot zero plus armor save with a four plus invulnerable save is ridiculous when it's on your mm-hmm. entire army i agree i actually think custodians belong as a faction a pure faction i think they belong in pack plus they're really really good they match up well into the kind of elite tier um that you're seeing right now uh they do have some weaknesses that i think other factions could exploit um which which is i think what makes them not s tier however if you were to tier factions as allies meaning uh not pure but if you were to look at who the best allies are i would put them in s tier and probably the best splashable faction behind or like right around the sisters they're sisters easily top are, five right now ease yes as a codex um they're everything imperial knights wanna be in that they're the one of the best splash you know splash factions you could splash and do a soup list um, but can hold well on their own completely with some exploitable weaknesses that honestly aren't that big of a deal um, in terms Especially of... Especially in some missions. Oh, like yeah. Like some missions where you, for example, you have to hold two and stuff. They don't need to contest you. They just blow you off the table. You know what I mean, exactly. like they're just... And in return, yeah, they're, they're super resilient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I love Custodes right now. Um, although I, I agree with them being in Pack Plus and not S tier. Uh, now, here's another one that I, I don't... I'm iffy on, and that's Adeptus Mechanicus being in Pack Plus, and I'm not iffy on whether they belong in Pack Plus. I think that they absolutely belong in Pack Plus. I, what I'm iffy on is, is are they like Necrons, where that they're solid Pack Plus, um, one update away from being Pack, or are they like borderline S tier going into the right matchup? Into the right um, matchup, they're borderline S tier, but I think they're one of the more middle of the Pack Plus choices. Uh, they have some really solid. Um, ability options that other armies don't have access to like the ability to spend a cp and fall back from a charge that's bonkers um they have abilities to hand out buckets of mortal wounds even though they nerfed the uh, salamander's version of that ability and they do auras really well so they can put a lot of fire downstream um because of the amount of abilities they can stack in one unit so yeah they're totally fine uh and they have access to good shooting good melee good resilience um they're all around easily a pack plus army yeah i'm just gonna say raiders yep raiders like those units are dumb if you're not using those raider dogs why do you not have 10 or 15 in every army like uh, (laughs) if like that that alone makes them a pack plus because that unit by itself that's an s tier unit is just it's just a silly silly unit it's so good i agree i agree with both of you um, okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next pack plus unit, Salamanders. Um, I I agree, but they're only pack plus because of their characters. Agreed. I disagree. I think they're Ooh. pack. You think they're pack? That's fair. Yeah. I think I would say I they're, they're upper probably end the pack. lowest pack plus. Go ahead. They're upper end pack, so they could easily be thrown in a pack and be fine. Yeah, yeah. They, they have Agatone is really really good. They have good character options. Yeah, the character that's um, unkillable is really good. Yes, they're Space Marines, so they're automatically, you know, going to have a lot of really amazing options. 
but uh but yeah i i think i think i agree with both of you i i agree with where the community put them in pack plus but if someone were to disagree i would i wouldn't fight you on it they you know they definitely can be pack or pack plus. i would say the next choice is actually in the same boat we could throw them in pack no problem Ooh, I, I I think so other unlike Salamanders where I agree they're in Pack Plus, so the next faction is Ultramarines. I disagree with the community. I think Ultramarines belong in Pack. Um they're not even the best pack faction. Um I think that you could probably make a case for Raven Guard, Death Watch, or or even Grey Knights being better than Ultramarines. I mean Ultramarines You don't even see Ultramarines player taking Goleman anymore. Yeah, the they're 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 cool like niche, Guillemin, Calgar um they're not great victrix guard aren't good they're like blade guard veterans are just so much better than victrix guard uh tigerius is still really good um but he you know it's just he's not as useful as he they once was good. they have certain abilities but they don't really do anything that makes them stand out from the pack so in the pack they go i agree what do you think scary i think they're pack like there's some good stuff that you can do with them but like I don't. But yeah, so is I, everyone else in the pack. Everyone in the pack is good. That's yeah. The, the thing pack about is the pack. good. It's just it's not like I go and go. Oh shit, Ultramarines. You know. Yeah. I go add another Space Marine army. You know what I mean like it's yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, now Space Wolves is the next uh, faction up on the list. Uh, I don't want to lump them in the Salamanders or Ultramarines. I actually think they have a lot of unique things going for them. Um, I agree with them being in Pack Plus. Really, uh, but they're but they're not. How do they stack up not to Blood like, Angels or White Scars? Ex- exactly. They're they're that's I what think I was they're just packed personally. I like like they are space wolves after all. <laughs> um, I think they get. I oh, think man. they have some cool things. I think their characters are pretty good. Uh, they have the uh, blood claws. Those are the blood claws are choice. the troop choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the blood claws and the charging up the board is actually really scary. Wolf and um, total blunders wolf and are still blenders um yeah i i think heroic intervention everything is annoying yes really Um, really annoying i think that if you're going to compare them to white scars and blood angels and use white scars and blood angels as the golden standard for pack plus i think that they definitely belong in pack um i could also make the argument for them being in pack plus too so i think they're good but i think that the mobility that blood angels and white scars have is better than space wolves so space wolves go pack Fair enough. That keep the space wolves in the pack, unless they are a fitting. lone wolf. <laughs> uh, and then finally, <laughs> uh, pack plus chaos soup. Um, I think that's totally pack fine. Plus for chaos soup is perfect. I think it's great. It's the you have your noise marines and your seeker demons in the same faction. Totally fine together. Yeah. I'm surprised there's no like Im- you know like imperial soup in pack plus because I think imperial soup could be up there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that if you had to pick the th- if you had to rate three soups, I think Chaos Soup has the most potential to win an event and be the best. Um, I think part I of the problem that, is actually. that the soup for Chaos is better right now because the Imperial armies are newer and have bigger drawbacks for souping them. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. You, yeah. Um, all right, and then finally moving into our S tier. The cream of the crop. If you've been listening carefully and writing down the factions, you already know who these S tier factions are. So we're just going to jump into it. First up is, to no one's surprise, the Kings of Ninth Edition Harlequins. Uh, yeah, I, they're That's they're fair. really they're S tier. I they there would be my they would be like my clear considering okay, the number like, of Eldari players painting clowns right now. 
not putting them in S tier doesn't seem fair. Yes. What What do you think, Scary? Um. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think that like it. The thing is, they're there because they have the tools to be there, and they have the faction like special rules to be there. But they've been up there for so long that I think they're on the bottom of that S tier. Because right. everybody, everybody People has know what like, they do now. a plan. Yeah, and and it's not like they're a very varied like bunch. You know, you've got three units <laughs> and then a couple of characters. If I'm going to like a there's... tournament, I need to know what Harlequins do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you would you say, Scary, that they're they're just more about to Necrons and that uh, they well, are a everybody's teched against them. A tier? Yeah, I mean, so you can be S tier, you can have all the tools in the world, but if everybody's literally has a tool to deal with you, then it just you become a lot harder to play, even though technically you're an S tier. Correct. Yeah, but I th- they I think... are also much different from a lot of the other S and Pack Plus armies out there, which makes them harder to tech against. Yes, correct. Um, I think just kept them in that S tier. It's just like you know, it, and and there's and the out of all of the sort of like styles of lists, they probably have like the least amount of variety when it comes to list building. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. They're the fact that they're so over centralizing to me means that they're S tier. Um, one hundred percent. Everyone's kidding towards them. Uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't reasonably expect to win an event without planning for Harlequins. Um. And I think that alone puts them in S tier. Um, the next faction is uh, Dark Angels, as being the only Space Marine, Imperial Space Marine faction in S tier. This is, I think, the most controversial one uh, on this whole I list. Agree. Uh, I agree. The, yes. I mean, so, I agree that it shouldn't be in S tier, if that's where we're going. Should Well, so I was actually going to ask both of you. So Dark Angels are the newest codex. Actually, Death Guard are the newest codex. Um but Dark Angels are the one of the newest codexes. They also had a lot of hype around them when the FAQ dropped, and then you know when they got their codex. Um, where, where do you think Dark Angels are S tier? Do you think they're way too overhyped and probably belong in Pack Plus? Honestly, I feel like uh, Custodes bring a lot of the same things that Dark Angels do when you're talking about the Deathwing. But Dark Angels also have the Ravenwing, and they're both really, really good, and they work together very well. And Dark Angels also have psychic powers, um, and some really strong CP abilities for mobility, like the ability to just take a Ravenwing model and just be like, and it's on your side of the board now. Um, and their flyers are actually reasonable now, like the one that can drop D3 mortal wounds on someone and fly off the table and then come back and do flat three mortal wounds to something. That's pretty good in a meta where you have a lot of invulnerable saves. So they're definitely pack plus minimum. But if we were going to make S tier only like two armies, they belong in Pack Plus. I I I think that their S tier in this like list is just a gut wrench. Like from everybody who's heard how broken they are, they are Pack Plus for sure. But I don't think they're just like they're as overbearing as everybody is making them out to be. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think I think that Dark Angels are probably are probably Pack Plus. Um, I think if you had to fight to put one of the three best uh, Space Marine lists in S tier, that is Dark Angels, Blood Angels, and White Scars, in my opinion. Um, I would put Blood Angels in S tier if I had to put one of them in, in S tier um, over Dark Angels, but Dark Angels are really good. They, they're they overhyped right now, but there's a reason for it. They they have the potential to be S tier. Um, I just, I just don't, I just don't see that. I need to see the results. They need to actually prove themselves um, instead of being overhyped. 
Uh, so yeah, I disagree with them being S tier, but they definitely have the potential to be S tier. Uh, all right. Next up is Sisters of Battle. Um, I'm going this to keep actually... my mouth shut until you guys get your words in. Okay, perfect. Um, so uh, I'll just make my my discussion real quick. Um, I, this is the faction that I was going to put in S tier. Um, if I had to start with an S tier, they're so good. They just they're they're like a pack minus faction with in terms of like trickery and like being the underdogs and and kind of being easy to overestimate but they have s tier reputation now and they they're just they're so good they do so much stuff they have tricks they have mobility they have different styles of lists um they suit really well they're just sisters about i think are probably the best faction right now well i'll uh, go ahead and and say yes they do have the tools to be up in the s tier However, they do have some terrible matchups. So you have to like they 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 deserve to be up there 100%, but they you have to be you have to have a plan to deal with stuff that you don't trade well into cuz sisters of battle do trades really well and some armies are a little harder to trade against than others. Like for example, I found sisters don't like going into dark eldar very much cuz dark eldar have very cheap silly units that sisters of battle <laughs> repentia don't like don't care about killing. <laughs> for example that's fair that's a yeah. really good point so so there are it has some bad matchups but it's definitely got like miracle dice are one, is one of the most ridiculous mechanics i've ever seen like in terms of this is a dice game that has zero probability of failing here just take what you need it's just so good oh yeah miracle the miracle dice mechanic when it came out single-handedly brought sisters of battle from like bottom of the barrel to this is actually really good like i i've never seen a mechanic come out that single-handedly made a faction viable just by itself no questions asked uh and then obviously from there they got buffed they benefited from the ninth edition changes uh they got points decreases they're just snowballed into s tier but brandon i know you have a lot to say about sisters take it away so you guys have said some good stuff. I definitely agree with Scari being about trading. And if we're going to put armies in S tier that I was referring to White Scars earlier can move really far and charge you reliably, then Sisters of Battle do that. Um, and Miracle Dice feels bad at times because you're like, wow, you just made an 11-inch charge automatically. That You shouldn't have been able to do that. But other armies can also very reliably make 11-inch charges um, with the right abilities. It just costs more in terms of auras and characters and stratagems to do it, number one. Number two, you can always just never roll up greater than a 4-up or a 4 on your Miracle Dice. That is a thing that happens. So you can end up the game with five twos in your Miracle Dice pool. But the thing that makes it really good is when you do roll a six and a four for your first two miracle dice, it changes the way you play that turn. Because you can say, oh, this unit will charge you. It will make that charge. And I'm going to plan my entire turn to do that. So just because of the miracle dice ability, I don't think it's it's going to make sisters less than pack plus for quite some time um, in the hands of a skilled player. So fair point on that mechanic. But what's pushing them into the upper reaches of pack plus or s tier is the um the amount of damage that bloody rose can do in melee right now like even if you run valorous heart or order of a martyred lady and do a four plus plus invulnerable save bubble over you know 30 or 40 wounds of models 
and have a two-up armor save that ignores AP2. I just don't think it's good enough in this meta in terms of toughness for some of the other armies we're going to discuss or have discussed, like Custodes are tougher, in my opinion. Um, even Mechanicus can be extremely tough if you're talking about armies that can build for resilience when you have three up and vulnerable save Electro Priests. Um, that's gross. Um, or even Thousand Suns. We were talking about Magnus. Magnus can have a three up and vulnerable save minus one to be hit. That's pretty solid. Um, and he's extremely mobile. But moving on, I think that um, if I had placed them personally before talking to you guys, I would have put them in pack plus because I see them as like on par with White Scars and on par with Custodes. So if it was up to me and there were only two armies in S tier, Sisters wouldn't have been one of them. But if we're putting four armies in there, sure. That's a fair point. Um, so I guess here's the next question. Uh, do any factions in we have one more faction left by the way and, and but do any factions so far in s tier measure up to the castellan list in eighth edition or iron hand space marines or any of that stuff um in your guys's opinion absolutely not i agree with that and uh i won't uh, space I won't marines at the end said. of eighth edition not even close yeah or inari in seventh edition um so sixth edition late sixth, sixth oh excuse me oh, yeah God. or Seventh, Ugh. sixth edition, shivers uh, down my spine. I was the bark, bark star today. at the end of seven. Oh, I, I, don't even. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any. I think GW has done a really good job balancing these factions. Um, like right now, and, if you're paying a playing a pack plus list, you can win an event. Yes. Yes. Easily. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. There was a GT this weekend that the top thirteen people. There was only one duplicate faction which is yep. the next one on this list. Yep. And then finally, the final faction S tier, Death Guard. So these are also going to be controversial being moved in S tier in the community tier list. But unlike Dark Angels, whereas uh, they are, they do feel very overhyped, I actually feel like Death Guard belong in the S tier. Oh my And gosh. that's because... Uh, I they know, I know. They are so good. Their aura abilities that turn off aura abilities are gross. Yes, so Death See Guard already there? had the the before their codex, they had the template to be a solid ninth edition army. They had the Blightlord, the Terminators, they had Mortarian, they had good psychic powers, good durability, they control the board, played the mission really well. The problem with Death Guard before ninth edition or before they got their codex was their games would be like 40-41. They weren't very high scoring games because they didn't have a ton of damage. Uh they they didn't have an ability to move you. Now they have more damage and their ores got better and they have the the wounds are just the wound increase is obviously a big deal but they're just they're so good so unlike dark angels and that they are clearly overhyped uh i feel, feel like they belong in s tier um even though we haven't seen them perform the minus one damage is also well it's... Not, not that we haven't seen them perform like they they're like in some a lot of the tts events and stuff that we're seeing out there like the death guard are making an impact like yep, and not fair. only that, like not only as a mono faction, but also as a soup faction. Like really, sort of being like one of the things that people want to put in. To like there was a list this weekend that I saw use that had like a a heretic Astartes detachment in a soup chaos list that had a tally man for some CP regeneration, a foul blight spawn to get like the fight last aura relic. Uh, not the fight last aura, but the don't count as charging and the fight last like ability, uh, on top of 
like a corn like the spawn to get like the the four plus deny and whatever so even as a suit thing they're like helping out even if they lose like some of their like abilities and stuff the things you just described is a very ninth edition central important ability to shut down a lot of pack plus and s tier armies which is you can charge this unit and i'll still murder you Mm -hmm. and that minus one damage i mean the minus one damage is just really good but that's kind of offsets the fact that they've given everything plus one damage right so it's like, like you know what i mean like if you charge a harlequin's it, unit or you charge a sister's unit even with a four plus plus and ignore ap and all this other stuff you will murder them they're t3 models with one wound they're gonna go away so the thing about death guard that makes them extra juicy is that ability to be like yeah you can charge me and it doesn't matter how many units you charge me with i will kill all of them and that yep. is just scary so you yep. have to have shooting to deal with that yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys um death guard look really good they're definitely over centralizing um I, I even though i know there's tabletop similar games and um i i still want to see them overthrow harlequins and sisters as the the best faction but if like five months from now someone were to tell me that death guard are the only faction are in s tier i wouldn't be surprised at all i'd be like okay that makes complete sense um so that is it. That is the community tier list. Do you disagree? Do you agree? Post that in the comments down below on YouTube, on FrontlineGaming.org, in Facebook, wherever you're hearing listening to this podcast. I'm also going to include a link to the tier list as well as probably a screenshot. I'll put that somewhere in there if I can um, for everyone but YouTube. Uh, but, but you can also find this if you go to the Competitive 40K Facebook group on facebook uh and just go in there and just type up uh ins wilson's name his name is i-n-e-i-n-n-e-s but i will throw up the imger link that he included to the tier list so you can look at it yourself uh but do you agree do you disagree do you disagree with any of our analysis of the armies um i'm sure you do with me of course this is all opinion based uh so we're allowed to disagree so keep it civil all right before we move on to the patron questions, remember this podcast was brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. Once again, buy stuff from the spring cleaning sale. It's going on Wednesday, the 3rd of March. So one day from when this episode airs um, and go to the Frontline Gaming store on eBay where you can buy stuff at 15% off what we are currently listing it for. So if you're listening to this and you want to get a feel for what's going to be in there, start adding stuff to your favorites uh, and then get ready for that sale when it kicks live. Also, if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash chapter tactics, where you get to ask us questions. Now, first patron question comes from Pathan Nathaniel uh, to add some context to this question. Why it's particularly random. There was actually going to be a different topic for this episode that we had planned. And then last week in the middle of the week, the tier list happened, and so I thought it'd be a little more topical to talk about the tier list, the community tier list specifically, and then circle back to this episode later because it is a really good evergreen episode that can technically air whenever we want. So next week's episode is going to be about what what a competitive 40k scene would look like if everyone normalized team events. And so basically what would what would a competitive 40k scene look like with a team event happening every month all around the world that, and we cover it just as much as we cover the singles events. Uh and you know we have an LVO that's as big as uh the LVO currently is in team tournaments. Basically what would what would it look like from a competitive 40k standpoint? 
to the community. So it's going to be a really good episode. Um, hopefully we're going to get Scary back on specifically for that episode. He's, you know, WTC's a big fan of team events, but it should be a really good episode. Um, and then we'll try and get on a couple more special guests for that too, as well. Um, so anyways, moving on to this question, patron Nathan wants to know, uh, I guess I'm curious about why people are so high on the team format. It seems like it takes a lot more effort and coordination to participate in a team event based on all the talks and matching teammates that wouldn't quite have as much participation as singles events. Scar, do you want to take this question? Yeah, absolutely. The, I think just going back to what we discussed right now, the thing about team events is that at that tier list that we just went through, you can throw that out the window. Because if you're a player that knows how to play your faction well, in a team event, you can steer clear from the factions or matchups or try to, to the best of your ability, that would traditionally just completely destroy your faction, which instantly makes your faction a lot more more valuable to like the team. And or it's not just the that, opposite, that... you can focus on the armies that get absolutely wrecked by your army. Correct. So you can, so all of a sudden, like you might love Gene Steel Cult and you, and in a team event, like if you go to a singles event, the likelihood is you're going to run into a, uh, like a, a, an army that's going to just destroy you. But in some armies go, I don't want to play again. Or some players might be, I don't want to play against Gene Steel Cult. And if you can play them, then your Gene Steel Cult value goes way up. So you, it sort of like shakes up this whole notion of what we consider good and bad. And it really lets you be a lot more creative on the table. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I I particularly like that about specifically about team tournaments is that you know you're never out of the team the the game, and you know you can be the worst player on your team and still contribute in some. Also, way. it's really fun to try and design a list that can get thrown forward into the meat grinder and take something that counters it perfectly and still pull off a draw. Yes. Um, I also think that the single-handedly best thing about team tournaments that makes it marketable to players is the list pairing. The or the the yeah, the list pairing. The list pairing is probably one of the most exciting things you can do as a 40k player playing competitive 40k. It's it, it's just I'm getting like goosebumps. Just it's just so riveting, you know, lively, I don't know, however you want to describe it. It's amazing to plan matchups and then on top of that if you get like if you get any other extra little little tournament tournament drama like nick Nadavadi playing for team britain at the wtc versus team us who didn't take him right like it's if you get any extra added little to the team to the pairing makes it that much more special i know there have been i've seen team tournaments where people have literally said like i want that guy i don't care if it's a bad matchup for me I'm going to win this and then win it. Oh, so good. High drama. So good. High drama, you know, high strategy. The, so things specifically, I think is what makes team tournaments so awesome and unique. Um, all right. Uh, next question comes from patron Kelsey. Oh, when creating a list, do you only worry about the more popular top tier lists and not worry about slash hope to outplay the lower tier armies? Um, and that's the question. I mean, it depends so, on what you're trying to do. If you're expecting to be... 4-0 going into a five-round event, you should probably plan around those top-tier armies because you're going to end up facing them most of the time. If you're just going to have fun, depend- you're going to need Sorry. to be more broad. It also depends like what size of event you're going to, right? And, oh, that's you know, true. Is it your local meta where like, you know, you're, you're going to run into, like, say you're 
you play at Don Hoosen's, like, where he goes to play, you want to win an RTT, well, you better start thinking about beating Don Hoosen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of thing. Kind of the disadvantage of being a named player is people will know you're going to an event. They'll not only want to meet you or, you know, want to hang out, but also they'll be like, okay, I need to be able to defeat this army. And uh, everyone you meet as a named person when you show up is like, oh, cool, I plan to play you. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, it does depend on what you're doing. Uh, I think in general, you shouldn't worry. You should worry about a certain percentage of the list of the meta that you're going to see and not the not the fringe stuff, too. So meaning back when Space Marines were, you know, 50, 60 percent of the meta at tournaments, you definitely needed to think about Space Marines because you were going to be playing them once or twice or sometimes six times in a tournament. Uh for this meta, I don't know. Harlequins historically have not made up a large percentage because they're such a the people don't own Harlequins models. They're they're not army that people own a lot of. Um, that has changed. So the more and more people are picking up Harlequins. So I would just say that in general, you should plan for armies that you're you know you're going to play. You know you're going to play them. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily worry about the lower tier armies unless it was like an absolute bad matchup that you just you yeah. know you lose or like, like a gatekeeper army or like some sort of like weird list that's like a lower tier army but someone was like let's just take the most obnoxious unit and multiply this times 10 you know yes. like you know for example there's like a meme army right what people call the meme armies where you know at the wtc event that we're having right now or when we did our when team canada played scotland they had a list which was 14 warglaives <laughs> right like <laughs> that's like almost 200 wounds worth of war glaives that's not actually a little terrifying it is it was <laughs> yeah it into was the right matchup that is absolutely yeah. going to blenderize you <laughs> yeah. right but that's not something you'd go you know what i need i need to plan to kill 15 <laughs> war glaives you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah i agree uh all right the next question um comes from uh Jake, patron Jake, um, is a three-man team viable without every team running the same three lists? Is or if, is five the sweet spot? What advice do the hosts have for areas with few gamers? So, if we're talking about expanding team tournaments, was essentially where this question comes from. Um, what's what's a good sweet spot for the number of people in teams? This is actually a really good question because of uh, what the current discussion going on in the Frontline Gaming uh, community page. I don't see why it would be not fun with three people, but I would definitely prefer five. But if you're running a smaller event and you don't have enough for enough teams of five people, start with three. Like at least get your feet wet, get the ball rolling, and then more people will eventually show up. Like people will start flying in to go to your event if it gets enough traction. So if I was invited to a three-man team event, sure, I'd go. That sounds fun. And don't worry about people running the same lists at all. Like, you'd be surprised how creative people get. Like, if everybody's going to bring a Space Marine list, then you'll have the one team that brings all the anti-Space yeah, I was Marine lists. Say, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's bringing the same three lists. Someone's going to bring the anti-those-three-list armies. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah my favorite... My favorite um, team tournament was that i ever played in was still the first one i ever played in there was a three-man team tournament uh with brett perkins and matt root uh which by the way back then 
Um, Brett Perkins and Matt Root don't play nearly as much as they used to back then, but uh, Matt Root was the defending ITC champion. Brett Perkins won the LVO. Uh, they were both phenomenal players um, with really stupidly good lists. And we just got together um, and uh, you know went to Arizona for a team tournament. This was Brett's last event that he could play in the States before he um, moved out to Hawaii. Um, I, I th- actually, anyways, I moved out uh, out of the states. I forgot actually where exactly he moved. Um, but either way, um, this was his last team event in the states. Uh, and essentially, essentially, what happened was, um, we just we had a like we did really well. We didn't sweep the the competition, but we we won the event, and it was really cool putting bread up just as like a uh an anchor every time, and then Matt and I playing with just a a really competitively it was just it was a lot of fun it was probably the most fun i've ever had um i did the worst on our team with like a three and two record which i feel really bad about uh and the other two guys went combined nine and one so that's the thing when you're playing as a team that is relevant it's did the team win or lose the round that's correct like you can lose every single game if that was your role yes if your role was to soak up the harlequin list because nobody wants to play harlequins and you hate playing harlequins but as long as you play it everybody else can play a good thing then you take that loss and you love it yep all right next question and i really like this question uh what do the hosts think of a team tournament with the teams randomly determined on the day i.e., everyone enters as individuals or the tos sets the teams i just want to say that i've always liked this idea uh, there are clear pitfalls, like if everyone being space marines and stuff. But what do you guys think about this? I think that would take some of the fun of crafting an entire team uh, of lists together, because that is part of the fun is, oh, you can only have one player who brings uh, custodies. So that actually limits the options in a way that's really creative. But if you wanted to go full casual and just do it for fun, why not make it totally random? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if anything, you could probably do like, this is the hat full of space rains. This is the hat full of our guard. This is the hat full of chaos. And then go each, you know, yeah, whatever. Something like that. And then work. each team gets one of each, right? Like you could kind of do something like that randomly. I've, uh, there's another fun type of event too that you could do like a doubles event where you, if you want to do teams, you could do teams of two, like doubles essentially. And then have each team make a list and then force each team to play the other team's list you know what i mean like it, so like I, you're like incentivized to make a terrible list so i actually really hard. like the idea of i i really like the idea of of, of everyone bringing 1000 points and then mix and matching two you know people together to make 2000 point lists and doing 2v2 that way um so you just have to bring the best 1000 points you can and then you know yeah. but yeah um yeah i definitely like the idea of switching up the formats for events uh but i don't think random i unfortunately don't think random team events is something that we could do even though it does sound really cool okay uh patron robert wants to know how important do you think obsec in general is for the rating death guard is much lower than deathwing necrons because of it but is it maybe just the tip of the iceberg um regarding okay cool so for the tier list how important do you think obsec is in general for the rating um, it was kind of important, but there are a lot of other factors like playstyle and tools that are more important than just obsec alone. So, for example, yeah, if your obsec is crunchy dark Eldar, that's not really the same as custodies with one up, three up. Correct. It's and depending on what style you have will sort of dictate how you're going to be playing the game. 
right? Like, if you're doing shield wall, which is a bunch of custodies that just sit on objectives and don't die, then that's one way. If you're doing MSU Dark Eldar, which the aim of the obsec is to just help take away your objective, then that's completely different. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that obsec isn't the end-all be-all. I don't even think it's in, like, the top three for determining if a list is good or not. Uh, because Harlequins, for instance, don't have great obsec, uh, but they're you know, obviously really good. They don't have bad opsec, but they're no, no. They they isn't... have they they have good opsec. Like their 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 troops are fantastic. Troops, but they're it's but just they're, but they're they also they're, they're also the damage dealers. So they yes. get in. They have to get into the thick of it just as much as everybody else does. So they tend yes. to take like higher casualty rates. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get that. But where I was going with that was basically is their opsec choice isn't taken because it's opsec. It's taken because it's. The it's only is a, option a minor consideration. It, it, yes. It's it's the 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 sum total of all of the abilities that's the most important. Thing. Yeah, they're yeah they're cheap. It's one of the reasons why an army would like. Yes, it's good to have an army with you know two hundred guardsmen or whatever. Yes, you will hold lots of objectives, but you have to have something in the list that will kill stuff. Yes, right, and you have to have something in the list that can move places and do things. That's like moving. You know, like getting around the table, and this, so it's it's not it. Yeah, it's totally. There's so many more things that you have to like get involved with. Yep. All right, and then uh, this is the final get question. Same question, Robert. Um, he has two questions, so I'll just answer his last one because I think it's a pretty good question. Um, how does one cover team events live? Um, it, it's actually has been done before. I personally think that the best way to cover team events live is you show the the process, the picking process, so you get both coaches mic'd up. Uh, and then they pick teams, and then you have people who know all of the armies lists talk about the matchups as they get picked, uh, and then from there you you just you don't focus on one particular game. You focus on a one or two roaming reporters that talk about who's winning and losing with a roaming camera to specifically go in on spots. I think that's the best way to cover it. Keep it very fluid with a lot of analysis and not focusing on one game in particular. Couldn't add to that. Yep, I think that's that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you need you need the good analysis, right? Yep, I put a lot of thought into that question. All right, that is the end of the episode. This one was a long one. I do apologize for that, hitting around an hour and 40 minutes. Um, I've been trying to keep episodes to around 90 minutes, that 90 minute time, so I do apologize, everyone. However, I, I thought it was a pretty good conversation. Brandon and Skari, please come back on again. It's been too long. I'd like to have you on for 100 episodes in a row now. What do you say? Uh, can we talk about Dark Elder, everyone? Ooh, yeah. Okay, maybe maybe not a hundred episodes. <laughs> in a row. I think we can take that one off. I shall hold your whole podcast hostage. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do want to talk about uh, Dark Eldar for a hundred hours in a row, <laughs> Skari, where can they find you? Um, well, it's three weeks of the Dark Eldar release. You can find pretty much most of what I'm going to do over on Patreon and YouTube. So just Google Scottcast and check me out. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited, like a kid in a candy shop. So I hope you want to get excited as well and hang out with me. Right on. And then, Brandon, do you have any plugs? Sure. Uh, right now, my Guard Facebook page is actually doing pretty well uh, discussing the latest strategies to take guard from pack minus to at least pack and if you want in you just have to message me on facebook brandon grant and i'll send you an invite 
Right on. Thank you so much for listening. You're all the best listeners in the world. I hope you enjoyed this tier list, and I look forward to you next week when you go into the comment section to talk about why team tournaments are awesome or terrible. Uh, either way, I'm looking forward to reading all of your opinions as well. And as always, have a good one.